Welcome to the Unruly Podcast. My name is Kaylin Otto, and I'm your host. Together, we'll traverse all things travel. But I always talk about travel magic because it happens if you leave some space for it. Activism. So we can see that these ideas of oppressing animals develop very closely with our ideas of oppressing people and women. Alternative living. Who we are is nature. Who we are is creativity. Who we are is power. And more. The system hates a rebel. I just like to encourage everybody to keep being their beautiful, unique, individual selves. All right, let's get unruly. Hello, thank you so much for listening. I know it's a busy time, a busy season. There's a lot going on in the world. So I especially this month... uh, I'm grateful to you for tuning in to the Unruly podcast. Before we dive into today's episodes, I have a few announcements that I want to make, a couple things I want to chat about, but first things first, I just got back from a road trip to New Mexico to visit one of my best friends, and we were on the road for a little more than a week, and I started using this app. This is not an ad. This is just me telling you about it um, because I found it so helpful. I started using this app called Upside. And basically, my friends, Kason and Wesley, told me about it. You download it. And when you go to buy gas, you basically open the app, click on the gas station that you're at, and tell it that you bought gas there, and it gives you a discount. When all was said and done with our road trip and we landed back home, we had earned about $20 in this app, which is pretty good for less than two weeks on the road. So I'm going to keep using it in my everyday life. You can imagine how that would add up over time. Again, this is not an ad. It's just something that I was like, wow, this is really helpful. And if you know me, you know that I'm always talking about how much you can do with a little bit of money. So I don't know, $20, that's like an incredible meal in a new place. That could be a few weeks in a hostel in Asia. That could be so many different things. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes so that you can download it. And if you use my promo code, which is 72UXEM, you will get a 15 cents per gallon bonus on your first purchase. Oh my goodness, it feels like an ad, but it's really not. But please use that. It's a great way that you can support this podcast if you use my link and my promo code. Because if you use it even once, I get $20 through the app, which is so helpful. It's a free way that you can send this episode, this podcast, and me some love. So I'm going to put the link to the app and the promo code in the show notes. So please refer to that. I also wanted to tell you about other podcasts that I've been listening to because... With a road trip, you have a lot of time in the car, so my partner and I were listening to different podcasts together, and Tim has been on some episodes of this podcast before actually interviewing me, but they introduced me to a podcast called The Way Out Is In. It is this really social justice-oriented podcast by uh, followers of Thich Nhat Hanh. So they talk about Buddhism and mindfulness and all these different things. It's very queer friendly. It's vegan friendly. 
and it really feels like a brain massage. So if after you listen to this episode, you are looking for something that makes you feel like you did a yoga class or some fingers went into your brain and gave you a nice, lovely scalp massage, I highly recommend listening to The Way Out is In. Another episode that I want to encourage you to listen to is the newest episode on the While She's Away podcast, which is hosted by my good friend Diani, who has been on this podcast twice actually, but she interviews a woman named Suzanne, who is a Palestinian American, an activist, and former actress, and it's all about what is happening in Palestine, it's about the genocide, and so if you have some time and some brain space and you want to do some more education around that, that's a great episode. But either way, I'm going to put a link in the show notes where you can take action by calling your representatives and emailing some people to just do a little bit of what we can do to help the folks who are suffering in Palestine. Another podcast episode that we listened to on our road trip that Tim turned me on to is called Good Life Revival, Permaculture, Rewilding, and Homesteading. And I highly recommend episode number 52. It's called Civilized to Death and Living on the Fringes with Chris Ryan. He wrote uh, Sex at Dawn and Civilized to Death. And while I didn't agree with every single thing that was said in that episode, I really appreciated it. I learned a lot. And I know that this is going to be one of my new most favorite podcasts moving forward because it talks a lot about alternative living. And we're going to get into that somewhat today. And it had me reflecting on this podcast that you're listening to right now because I live very alternatively. I have for almost all of my adult life. And I've loved having guests come on and talk about the ways that they've lived on the fringes or they've lived alternatively and more sustainably. And I wanted to tell you about a few episodes that if you're interested in this theme, you might want to listen to on this podcast. So starting with episode number 13, a long time ago, years ago, I had someone on who walked across the country on a really small budget. And so this is a great episode if you're thinking about alternative types of travel. On episode number 14, we had someone on who talked about living moneyless and outside the monetary system. Number 20 is a great episode on sustainability and again, alternative living with Angie. She opened me up to different sustainability concepts that I just really hadn't thought about before. On episode 27, we have the person back again who walked across the country who then hiked the PCT uh, as a vegan on a small budget. So again, lots of good alternative travel stuff. And starting with episode 36, I tell my own story and this is where Tim comes in and interviews me for a few episodes. You hear about how I've lived alternatively uh, in a van, in another country, out of my backpack. And then number 48, one of my most favorite episodes on this podcast, I interview Atulia, who is an author and natural builder, who in her 40s, I believe, was just like, I'm out. I am building my own house out of natural materials. I don't got a lot of money, but I don't have any experience, but I'm going to do it. This episode kind of rewired my brain, so I highly, highly recommend that you listen to that. And then Episode 64 is a lot of fun. I interviewed uh, Erica and she lived alternatively in different sustainable communities and off grid and in different countries for I think almost 10 years of her life on very little money. So 
If you want to dive into these topics, be sure to check these episodes out. I know that y'all are going to have a lot of travel coming up during the holiday season, so this is a perfect time to dive in. And lastly, I want to do a couple shout outs. The first one being <laughs> to me, because I realize this is my own podcast and I can basically run my own ads for free and I feel like I don't do that enough. But I wanted to let you know that I just got a fresh batch of the printed copies of my book, The Art of Unruly Travel on a Budget, here. They are with me and I want to send them to you if you want to purchase them or if you really, really need one and you can't afford it, I will send you one for free. Um, but if you are going to buy something for someone this holiday season. I know in this episode, we are going to talk all about how, you know, we should start to refrain from that and make things instead. But if you are going to buy something, supporting a really small business or an individual is the best way to go. So if there's someone in your life who wants to learn more about adventure and travel, they want to learn about solo female travel, they want to travel, but they don't have a lot of money they are in high school and they are not sure what they want to do once they graduate, this is a great gift. So I'm going to put the link in the show notes for that. It's always sold on a sliding scale. And two final really rad gift suggestions. Uh, when I was in New Mexico, my friend Charlie was just finishing up their country trans nude calendar for 2024. They are also sold on a sliding scale. They finally got enough people to pre-order them to get them printed so they will be shipped in November. This is an awesome way to support really cool artists and trans educators. And lastly, Carly, who I interviewed today, is now doing a coaching program where she helps people transition to a vegan lifestyle. So if you have a vegetarian in your life who is having a tricky time, this could be an awesome experience to give to them. Well, that is about all from me. Thank you for listening and thank you for being so supportive. I feel like when we work together, especially in hard times, we can do amazing things. So let's continue to support each other and share ideas and have these important conversations. And in today's episode, we are going to talk about mental health. It is nothing super dramatic, nothing that I feel like I have to do a content warning for. But I just want to say I share my own mental health story in this episode, which is obviously very watered down because that's not what the whole episode was about. And I feel like my mental health journey has not been very unique. I don't have this really dramatic story, but I feel like it's important to talk about around the holidays. It's important to normalize conversations around mental health and anxiety and depression. So I just wanted to put that out there. If you are having a hard time right now, I just want to normalize this topic for you and tell you that it's totally okay to talk about. Uh, and if you want to have further conversations around this with us, I will do an Instagram post announcing that this episode is live. So feel free to go and comment on there. And yeah, let's just help each other get through what is sometimes a really hard season. Let's just go for it. We're back. Hello. <laughs> okay. Everyone's like, what's so funny? God, we are okay. back. And I am really excited to be talking with you, Kaylin, because... Last time we talked, we realized we had 48 million other conversations to have. 
Yeah. And so it's like, let's just sit down and have, because I feel like our energy works so well together. And when we talk about these topics, it's like very nuanced, which is sometimes hard for people. Uh, And I really appreciate that. So I appreciate you. (laughs) I appreciate you as well. And I'm honored to be one of two people asked to come back on the podcast. I think that um, I, I would agree that being able to have these conversations and it be nuanced and not have someone get defensive, but just just be able to talk about things that are hard and things that we've experienced is so comforting. And I hope that's comforting for listeners to know that I think both of us at this point, it seems can be like nothing but brutally honest in life. Yeah, because I feel like you you don't really get that on social media as much. Mm-mm. And honestly, I've been taking more of a break from social media lately, but I feel like podcasts are the perfect place you can hear inflection in people's voices yeah. and we can be like, whoa, whoa, wait, what do you mean by that? You know, and, and actually go into it. So thanks to everyone for listening too. Yeah, truly. So last time we, we got into it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and that, that podcast episode did really well for me in terms of listeners. So I know it's something that people want to talk about. So we're going to totally. get into it more today. And if you didn't catch the last episode, um, Carly and I were talking about this company that we got reusable period underwear from because we thought it was like a really good thing to do, a more sustainable option. And it was, was, it was all those things. (laughs) It was, it was. And there was a little bit of, um, there was a little bit of a scandal. So we talk about that in that episode and how it's complicated to live as sustainably as possible in this world that we're in today so we're going to go into that even more today with some other topics such as travel and the holidays coming up and all of those things yeah I think a a good place to start then in terms of stuff and holidays which I know are things we in terms of stuff we're all inundated and the holidays right I yeah like as soon as Halloween was over November 1st came and the internet was like Black Friday and the holidays are here tell your friends by everything everything and I just am so one overwhelmed by it but I feel bad for folks truly who are interested in caring for the planet they're like yeah I get it I should do that and then are inundated with all of the shit they should buy to do that and then hear people saying like buy less and it's kind of I, I think that can be hard sometimes because you're like, well, I have to buy some stuff. I can't mm-hmm. avoid purchasing altogether. We're in 2023 in late stage capitalism, like, you know, pretty hard to do that. And mm-hmm. also, how do I do that in a way that's more conscious? You know, like those lines can be confusing, I think. Yeah, especially if, especially in a world where so many things are greenwashed and you have a right. hard time figuring out what the truth is about a product or a business. And yeah, I've noticed that too. I do think though, we're in this era now though, which is really scary to me actually, where it does ramp up the advertisements and the stuff when holidays come, but it Mm -hmm. is kind of all year long and it's targeted ads. You know, I was talking, I was thinking about cleaning my ears the other day and like, oh, how do I do it better? I did one Google search to see if those like candle things actually worked, if they were healthy. And then I got all these ads for something I didn't need. And to be honest, I almost bought it. 
and then it, I kept, st- it kept coming up and you're like, well, yes. sure, no. Yes. So the first thing I want to say, which I reminded myself is a valuable tip when this starts to happen is give yourself 48 hours, yes. you know, because two hours later, I was like, oh my God, I'm so glad I didn't buy that. I did not need it. Um, but had I done that on the spot, yeah, I would have been regretting that instantly, I think. Yeah, totally. It is it is such a good idea. I mean, unless you're buying like toilet paper and food, right? Like there, I think yeah. people try and like poke holes in some of these conversations, right? And it's like, yeah. yeah, I'm not telling you to wait 48 hours before you buy toilet paper. I'd like yeah. you to buy yeah. a sustainable one, but that's another thing. But, yeah. you know, when you're thinking of buying these things that you do not need in that moment, truly, like being honest with yourself, if you can wait a few days, sometimes I just forget I forget I even wanted the thing and that avoids me spending unnecessary money and then having this contraption or thing off of Instagram or Amazon or wherever else it is that goes in a drawer and was like a complete waste of time. That you forget about, you have to throw away one day or try to re-gift and you spent your hard-earned money on, which I think that one approach to the holidays and all the stuff that we're bombarded with um that really for me this year feels good um and feels true is like I am not buying anything for anyone and it's not like a hard and fast rule it's just where I've I've come to um I'm like re-gifting books that I I think close friends would really like that really meant something to me um I'm gonna like maybe take my partner out to go rock climbing for the first time so like experiences to people and things that I've either made like I really like to actually take up I like every year I have this really cool planner that has beautiful quotes and pictures in it and I cut it up and I make envelopes for my friends and you can put like a letter inside and so I'll be doing those things and I'm also asking people to do those things for me um because it really is stressful for me I'm realizing like to get a bunch of things that I don't need that were well intentioned so I'm like trying not to hurt your feelings because you gave it to me but also I'm actually not really going to use it so I feel like I need to hold on to it, but I actually don't want to. Um, and I, I've realized that by sharing those intentions with people around you, like, hey, I actually get a massage every month. And instead of getting me a gift, do you want to just give me a gift certificate? Because that's something I really enjoy. Um, and just talking to people in my life, you know, oh, take me out for dinner. I've really wanted to go to this place or let's go yeah. see a movie. I think that's been yeah, really helpful for me. I've saved a lot of money, probably thousands of dollars in the last few years. Is there, how do you feel about that? Is there something that has changed for you in the past few years? Yeah, I'm so glad you said that because I start to feel, I've realized now, I start to feel anxious around the holidays and not because I've had any trauma around the holidays or that I don't enjoy. I mean, it's like nothing other than I get anxious about potential stuff. And it's gotten better, I think, because people in my life are like, Carly's not on board. Yeah. <laughs> and like, but I do feel bad sometimes when you get gifts that people use their money to spend money on you. And it's like, you're like, I didn't ask for this and I won't use it. And you shouldn't have wasted your money and time. Like we 
all could just have a conversation about what we need. I love that. I do get a monthly massage. So if anybody listening yeah. is wondering what I need, take a month. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, that's such a great idea. I I've love that idea. I think a good way to think about it in terms of purchasing stuff or gifts is can do you need it and do they need it right mm-hmm. like, do we need these things if so can you buy it from a cool company mm-hmm. you know like if if the, if there is a needed thing if mm-hmm. somebody wants xyz and they say that can you get it secondhand or can you get it from a sustainable company or can you make it yourself? Sometimes can you that's- make it yourself. Can you make it? Is it a candle? I made candles one year for like every single person in my life at Christmas. Yeah. And it was really fun. It was more work than I thought. Um, but it was really rewarding and it didn't cost me that much. It was jars from the thrift shop and mugs and soy milk. <laughs> you know, it was really, yeah. it was, that was really fun. And then also the experience thing. That is such a huge one. And I think about it more and more. I've shared online and we were talking before this just about how I've personally been experiencing a lot of grief in my life. And that has made me think so much about like, I don't want shit from people. I want to see you. I want to hear from you. I want to be around. I want to do something with you that I can look back on the pictures that we did this thing and go, oh my gosh, I'm not going to think about that, you know, from like some shirt. Yeah, (laughs) you know, well-intentioned, of course, this is not to shit on people who want to buy gifts because that's their love language, which is hard. Yeah. But I would much rather just be around those people that I care about, or at least do something, give them something or give me something that brings joy, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And not, and not stress. I think something that we should ask ourselves like all of us is like why am I giving people gifts and for me it's usually to show love and be in the spirit of the holiday and it's like showing love is not giving you something that you're going to be stressed out about you know um so how can I do that in a way that feels really good for both of us and I think there's definitely ways to do it and another thing is that like I don't know if you do this because I know you travel too but if I'm going on a trip at the end of the year and there's like one thing that I really need for that trip Mm -hmm. um I will save it like in the back of my mind and then I'll be like mom if you are gonna get me something this one thing I really need and I really will use and you can get it used here or you can give me the money for it or whatever um that's something I do too, like stockpile what I'm going to need and then really? actually people for those things because I was going to buy them anyways. You know, you might and as somebody, well. And if somebody in your family is like, I want to buy you something, like I want, what can I give you? And you're like, here's something I need. I do this. Like, I understand that completely. Yeah. Two or three years ago, I wanted a different travel backpack. I did, you know, a thousand hours of research because what else would I do? And I found this bag that I really wanted at REI. And I just kind of sat on it for a bit. And my mom was like, well, okay, is there anything you want for Christmas? I'm like, funny, you should ask, you know? And then I got something that I now use literally every day. I use it as my gym bag and then I travel with it. And then it's the most like used gift I've gotten in so long because I knew I needed it. Right. And it's special. Like when you get that gift and you're like, oh, I actually use it. And then you probably think your mom like, oh my God, I'm so thankful she got this for me. Yep. Um, I, I just think it's 
it's more meaningful, but it does take time to kind of deprogram your brain from um, just being like, bye, bye, bye. You know, this year I asked my mom, because she'll get me things here and there during the year, and it's not always my style, or it doesn't fit, or like, it's like something like, that's cool, but I won't actually use it, all with great intentions. So this year I was like, maybe just keep a list of every time you were going to buy me something and how much it was and then just give me that cash at the end of the year like I'll pay off bills I'll put it for gas money like that would make me That's feel even more excited. excited you know um so yeah some ideas for people I think that's helpful and it takes the pressure off because I know another thing we want to talk about is the idea of living sustainably meaning you like you need wealth to do so yeah and there is pressure on people during the holidays to spend money and why spend it on shit that no one cares about that's gonna go to the landfill Mm -hmm. that's literally gonna go sit in the ground (laughs) yeah yeah that's something i am so excited to talk about because the concept that sustainability requires a ton of money is so silly to me but i think that um but i think it's a widely held view that industries have worked really hard to to make the yeah because when I look around and I hear what sustainability means to other people it's like Mm. buying this new thing for your home buying this gadget that will I don't know tell you this thing that will help you live more sustainably um when really like if you look at cultures all over the world like those who do not have a lot of cash but have resources uh, are really good at reusing things and not buying things that they don't need whether it's because they you know don't have the privilege to or the access or they just can't they're living very sustainably um Mm -hmm. so it's like this it's just a weird mind warp to me (laughs) It's, it's like the worst of the worst because late stage capitalism said I'll create the problem, right? I'll create all of the emissions and most of the issues we have with our earth. And then I'll convince you to make it better. You have to keep buying shit. To get out of it. To get out of it. Yeah, it's it's wild. And like, I think when you try to stop buying things and you look around with what you already have which does not require excess money or wealth, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. um, you start to realize, some of us, that we really don't need anything else. We really need less than we thought we did. Like, people freak out when they hear I don't have a refrigerator. Oh, I don't have a microwave, and that one's a real wild one. I heard people freak out about that, too. I'm like, what? These are not necessities in life. I'm fine. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thriving. Guys, I'm okay. (laughs) Yes. You know what? Even like when you were mentioning toilet paper earlier, of course, I'm not going to tell people not to buy toilet paper, but I've saved monies over the year using that portable bidet and old rags and you wash them and you reuse them. And so living sustainably will save you money um, if you're not doing it in this way where you think you have to buy your way out of the problem. Yeah, a hundred percent. And it makes it seem really inaccessible for a lot of folks. Like, well, that's like a, like, that's a bougie, like sustainability is bougie is like kind of how it's presented. And of course there are things that 
I can do easily because of my immense privilege. And so I'm not taking that away at all. There are decisions I can like make easily to live more sustainably. And that's because I have access to stuff there. You know, that is just like, that is a fact. And also living sustainably is not new. Like this isn't some new thing that you and I like thought about last year. And you were like, (laughs) guys, I've got a new idea. What if we reuse some stuff once in a while? Right? Like this is like people from generations back are like, yeah, that's called how we lived. It's called using what we had. It's called using what we have. It's called not having money. Like, you know, like grandparents in the Great Depression are like, oh, yeah, living sustainably. How about like living to survive? That's what we reused our materials for. Yeah, exactly. And now this isn't a new concept. Right. And I, I think that so many people, um, it is, it, it seems new to them, but it's really not. Right. Like if they look back at their family, like you were saying in the Great Depression, or, um, you know, they just came from a family who didn't have a lot of money to spend and they were reusing things and trading with neighbors and bartering and growing their own food. Like they were, people were already doing it, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I know. I think sometimes people act like, Oh, I don't know. This new like sustainability trend. <laughs> like, um, no, trend, this, isn't, but... this isn't like the newest hashtag. It's, it's a thing or even just conscious living overall, like talking about mindfulness, talking about like subsisting off of plants more. Like these aren't, none of this is new. It's actually yeah. just like a return to living in a way that's like more aligned with being human and being part of the planet I mean I know it's that got like really woo woo some of you are like at that but I it's so true right it's honestly not these like big new things it's like it's just slowing down and actually like returning to a, a way of living that's like easier and more mindful and it benefits everybody. Stressful. yeah I, you know I entered this competition this like whatever travel entry thing and they were like in a hundred words, tell us what nature means to you. And I'm like, in a hundred words, but <laughs> I was like, oh God. But my first thought was just like, I, I am nature. Mm. I'm, what does it mean to me? It means everything because literally everything that we're surrounded by, the microphones we're talking from, the glasses you have on your head, everything came from the earth. So what does it mean to me? It means everything. So when people are wondering like, why is this topic important? Why do people get so passionate about it? Um, because we're connected to it, whether you think that's woo-woo or not. Like, if you just look at it in, in um, flat out, like, what is the truth? This is not woo-woo. Uh, this is not even something that has to be scientifically measured. It's like, we came from the earth. We depend on it for our resources. Um, so it makes sense to want to protect that i mean in self-preservation and Mm. also in preservation of others and the earth itself but even if it's just for self-preservation like that's important too yeah truly that's such a good point really yeah so i i hope that people um don't always shy away you know when they hear sustainability or conscious living and and i hope that they can take away that it's it's really not a new concept right Um, it's just something that like has really needed to be talked about, especially in recent times. And I think people get easily pulled into shame. So it's like you learn about all these things and then you feel bad that you either didn't know them sooner mm-hmm. or that you, you're just like, oh my God, 
I've contributed to this. I, after I learned about, you know, once I really went down the rabbit hole in terms of sustainability and everything, all I could think about was all the shit from forever 21 and H and M that I shopped and wore through college and is sitting in a landfill somewhere. Like, you know, that's just one example of how I've contributed to, but it's easy to feel shitty. Yeah. Don't, do anything from a place of shame, right? Like if you feel guilty, that's a little bit more motivating, but shame just makes you feel bad and not want to talk about it. So don't feel bad if this, these are like new things, but don't shut down and stop learning. Yeah, exactly. And, and know that you can take action without Mm -hmm. having a ton of resources um, Mm -hmm. in really small ways. and, And you can start to build up. So you're at this point where it's just normalized. And it, it's not something that seems really hard for you. Like, oh my God, it, I look back at shopping at Aeropostale and yeah, Forever 21. And, you know, still, still today, I'm I'm talking to you on a Mac book. Yeah, same. You I know, mean, yeah. I, I got to use, but still, I mean, there's, there's, I still drive a car and I think people, this is something that has been bothering me lately when we were just like talking about how we were doing at the beginning of this call. Mm-hmm. It wasn't recorded. What has been bothering me lately is people using all these things to poke holes in arguments and not respecting and noticing the nuance that they can have. Um, and just being like, well, you don't get to talk about anything because you have you're driving a car. You don't get to talk to me about veganism because you drive a car. And it's like, can we stay in the lane and focus on one thing while noticing how they're interconnected and not saying that we're going to give up all of it because we can't do all of it. Like if we can do some of it, we should be doing some of it. So we are so aligned. (laughs) I wrote, like I randomly will have ideas about content and I just like have a list yeah. One of my latest notes was why are people poking holes? I literally went poking holes in veganism and sustainability for these reasons that it's like, that's about you. Like, oh, I can't be vegan. I don't like tofu. I'm like, okay, girl, don't eat tofu. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, yes. I mean, like, that's not, that's an excuse. And that's like you poking a hole because you don't want to like think about it. And I get it. Yeah. But like, it's such a, it's such a terrible place to come from. Like, well, and honestly, it feels like it's that, like, I can't do it perfectly. So I'm not going to do it any at all. Or someone else can't do it perfectly. Right. Right. So I'm not, not going to try. <laughs> yes. I, I have to, I have to tell you a few things that I heard recently, which vegans always hear. And, um, and like, I, I'm sure that you've heard these same things, but like, Lately, I've heard like, I feel like over and over again, it's like a new thing that people love to say is like, I'm not vegan because some people don't have access to plant based foods. And my, I just want to, (laughs) I just want to rip my hair out because I'm like, if you eat a plant based diet and if you do go vegan because you can, the person I'm talking to, you will make it more accessible for other people. You will protect other people who are in really vulnerable climate areas who are going to face the harshest effects of climate change first. You will be protecting them as much as possible. And if you can do it, stop using someone else's oppression as your shield for why you can't do it. Like that part. 
someone else's oppression as your shield because it's not even a valid freaking argument when you put it in any other context like do you drive a car some people don't have access to cars right like so do you use a toilet not everyone has access to a toilet like it doesn't actually freaking work yes it actually logically and lately i've realized and i don't know why it bothers me so much because I've been doing this for almost a decade now and hearing all these different excuses and stuff, but it's like, I'll go through people's arguments that they have. And at this point, like I know how to tell them the facts and give the resources and there's no question who's right on this. Mm -hmm. Like, especially when it's scientifically proven. And then Mm -hmm. at the end, I'll get to it after like an hour of emotional labor and, and uh, personal experiences and all these things. And so we'll be like, I actually just don't want to do it. Oh and it's God. like, well, I kind of wish you just said that an hour ago, you know, yeah. like, saved me my time, my energy. Um, I will say maybe you plant a seed, though. That's true. That's what I that's what my brain told me, too. It was like maybe they heard some part of Yeah, that. maybe in like a year they'll be like, holy shit, Kaylin was right. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. And you the the thing that bothers me is that I feel like hardly anyone will ever reach out to you and be like, you were right. So if you're listening to this and you feel that way, let us know because I like to do that to people when I'm like, oh, they actually really changed my life in this way. They were right. I like thank- to tell them, you're like, thank you for your labor. Yeah, truly. And it makes such a huge difference when you reach out to people like that. It does. It does. So I just... Yeah, that's been something I've been thinking about lately. And I'm sure people also apply that to like conscious living, you know, Um, I'm sure you hear arguments like because someone else can't do it. I shouldn't be doing it at all. Are there things that you say to those people? I think one that comes up in different facets, of course, of conscious living. But one that's interesting for me is when people um, use like meditation or mindfulness, like poke holes in that of like, well, I don't have an hour to have a morning routine and meditate all morning. Like there's been, there's some of that with that kind of mental health stuff and mindfulness, I think, where people are like, oh yeah, that would be nice. if I, And I'm like, I sat for five minutes this morning, did some tapping, wrote in my gratitude journal and drank some water. I literally think it was seven <laughs> minutes because I didn't have much time this morning. Yeah. That altered my day you know like that was seven minutes that set me on the right path I think there is a lot of it when it there's something about meditation and mindfulness that really like freaks people out I think well you know you have to pay attention to yourself and that's scary it's a scary place to be I get it yeah for sure that one I feel like people use a lot of like time restraints where they're like oh I don't have the time I don't have the time I don't have the time and that's a tricky one like it, if someone comes up with that kind of excuse, because we all feel like we need more time in a lot of ways. I totally get that. And then there are some things like I try not to even say that anymore because I'm like, I'm on my phone for way too long a day. I have time. Yeah. I'm choosing to do it in other ways. So like, I don't believe you don't have five minutes to write three things you're grateful for. I believe you're scared to try it. And like yeah. having that conversation and not scaring people away, but being honest is where I try and land. Like, I'm not trying to make you feel bad. 
but I also don't totally believe you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like the the five minutes, like you're on the bus this morning to go to work right. or you're on the train, like take two minutes and focus on your breathing. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's another thing that, that people have done is like um, definitely profited off of trying to get off of the people who want to live more sustainably and also people who just want better mental health or um, less stress in their life. It's like, you have to buy this app or this thing that taps on your ankle or this weird gadget. Sometimes I see these things and I'm like, what? We'll put that on your body. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. $200. That stresses me out more than the the stress that this thing could ever take away. Mm -hmm. Truly. I think there's, that is another, th- I mean, I guess it's, we just keep coming back to everything being like commodified really, but yeah. there is mental health and mindfulness is, it feels like it's in, it's in that boat as well. I mean, I, I know that you and I both talk pretty openly about our, our journeys with mental health and our, um, I don't like saying problems Our our. I don't know. My mental illness. <laughs> That's what yeah, I mean, I guess I'm diagnosed, baby. So our mental illnesses. <laughs> I think people are so scared to say that. Like, you know what yes. I mean? If it's like a physical thing, you'd be like, oh, I have the cold. But if it's like a mental thing, we're afraid to be like, oh, I actually have something that I'm struggling with. You know, that's really you're impacting so- my Right, you're so right because I just did it. I was just like, "What's the word?" And if I, if we would have been talking about endometriosis, I would have thrown that word out ten times by now. Yeah, yeah. but you're yeah. so right. Like there is that like mental illness. I'm more like didn't. It's more for me now. I'm like I don't care claiming that as much as other people get so nervous. Yeah, for sure, because it turns it into this big real thing instead of being like, "Oh, I'm kind of depressed, but don't worry about it." It's like yes. no. This is a, a real thing that affects my life and it's okay to like say that, you know? Right. And I think I'd, I would love to hear from you and how that has been like being in this world of trying to change the world, right? Like we both yeah. are like, we're going to change the world. We are going to make it better. We believe in this. We want to help others do the same and I feel like there are a lot of people that I've seen who are in various jobs and positions and do different things that like really their core mission is like, I'm trying to make this world a better place. And they're mm-hmm. doing all of that and they are not taking care of themselves like mm-hmm. at all. And I've been guilty of that. I remember trying to bring up in a conversation when I was working as an advocate for survivors of sexual assault and dating violence. I remember bringing up on this big, like we were planning a big conference talking about different sessions that could happen. And I was like, what about mental health for the people, like providers for us as advocates? And somebody else was like, is that really needed? Don't people know how to like do that? And as I'm like twitching, I'm like, I'm (laughs) barely surviving this grad program, but uh, (laughs) not sure if you notice how tightly I've been clenched this. Like, I'm like, no, that is so important. And that's why I talk about mindfulness so much too, because I don't think you can try and change the world and, and ignore your own health, mental or physical. I just don't think you can do it. I've burned myself out trying. Yeah, I think people can do it, but it's not going to be as effective as right. you 
could have been and, and putting yourself on the back burner. Like I know people have done that in social justice movements throughout history. And yep. a lot of those people are the people that we remember um, the most, but yeah, they suffer for it. They, mm -hmm. they do suffer for it. And I guess it's up to each individual. Like, is it worth it for you? And right. I learned for me that it, it's not. And so I'll give like a brief overview because it's interesting. This is actually tied to su sustainability too. Um, and veganism, things that we've, we've talked about. So exactly when <laughs> I was in, um, middle school and elementary school, I think we all had hard things to deal with. Like I definitely was like a little trans kid and kind of getting bullied for gender sometimes. And, just the way that I approached the world, like going pescatarian in fifth grade. And um, so there wasn't anything that was like hugely traumatic in my life, but just being a really sensitive kid. You know, I've always had really deep feelings about everything and have been able to hold conflict conflicting feelings about something at once. Mm -hmm. um, and so just feeling everything deeply is, is really hard sometimes. But when I got into high school, I started having really terrible gut issues, stomach mm. problems. Mm -hmm. And now I know it was from consuming dairy. Um, You're the same. Keep going. <laughs> the same. This will be interesting to see like how much of this overlaps with oh, your... Real. Sorry, keep going. Oh my God. I'm like, that's so funny. We are the same. This is why we mesh so well. Yeah, um, and... You know, I didn't know that at the time. And these gut issues actually introduced depression and anxiety into my life because they're connected to your brain, right? And then your brain's messed up and it sends signals back to the gut and the gut sends signals back to the brain. And so for the first time, I was experiencing like actual um, depression and eventually like after high school and going to see doctors and all these different things, at times it was like, um, bipolar disor disorder and different things like that but it's it got to the point where it's just like being so depressed even though my life was actually okay was just the norm for years mm -hmm. um and you know I understand why people do feel like they don't want to be alive sometimes mm -hmm. and and so I think it can give you perspective, but it can also feel weird. And I almost felt guilty for it for a long time. It's like, I have enough food. I have enough water. I have friends. I can find a job. But sometimes the brain chemistry is just off or something's off in your body or you're living in a world that has lost it. And like violence is so embedded in our everyday lives and when you call it out you're seen as the one who's off or wacky or there's something wrong with you um so a combination of all these things really like took my mental health really really low and that takes a toll on your physical health but I will say in the past few years I've gotten off anti uh anxiety and depression meds which is not I I think they're great and they helped me when I needed them but honestly like living off grid and living more sustainably, like in an earth house and not having all the electronics and the stimulation around me, like the microwave and the refrigerator and a big screen TV and all of these things, like reducing that out of my life and being able to see my clear connection to the earth better has boosted my mental health so much. And, and that's not to say I still don't experience 
depression or anxiety um but it's not like years like there's not like it's not like years without it going away and when I do experience that I feel like I can look clearly at nature and be like nature has seasons yeah right now for example the leaves are falling and the everything's going dormant and um not that it's a sad time but it's a rest period and like I need that too and it's okay if I'm not on and sunny and bright all the time and that sounds woo-woo to people but like when you can get quiet and kind of sit with that you can give your permission to yourself permission to feel all those feelings even if it's like I actually can't take it I feel like I'm being crushed because it's so many at once you can sit with that better instead of getting on Amazon and buying the thing or um just watching tv for 24 hours straight and like don't get me wrong I love a good show I love zoning out and like disassociating but there's I feel it's better for my my body and my my spirit and I think part of that just has come through more simple living but the flip side is which I'll be interested to hear if this has happened to you too is that when you start to you try to gravitate toward truth more than being right has like led me to veganism and off-grid living and all of these things you see the bullshit (laughs) everywhere and it's just mind-blowing how we've how most of us have been lied to and most of us have fell for it and then we have to try to get out of that and then you see other people you still love who are participating in something terrible and so that takes a huge toll on my mental health now you know um so I think that's the the flip side of it too. The more in line you get with things and your mental health may start to get better, the more you see clearly what's going on around you and then your mental health gets worse. Yeah. <laughs> For me, it's still an ongoing balancing act. I, I don't know what it's like to be a person who doesn't feel everything at once almost all the time. Wouldn't be me. Really- heavily. Yeah, <laughs> like I think you know what I mean. But like, I don't think that's the majority of, people and it's taken a therapist to tell me that to realize that (laughs) yeah I'm wondering like where your story overlaps and if you have noticed that too when you've gotten more into like a more I don't know grounded life that you've Mm -hmm. started to feel well first of all thank you for sharing all of that yeah Um, I I really appreciate your your honesty and I think that that in and of itself is so healing and powerful for people just to have this conversation so freely. Um, I, I said, Oh my God, we're the same because my truly my intro into like thinking about myself as connected to the rest of the world, I guess I can say probably did start with finding out I was lactose intolerant. Oh my God. I am I know, I know. I was in, I was in the beginning of college and it just kept getting worse. I I was just like, every time I eat, I feel sick. I'm on like, I'm doubled over in pain. I went to the doctor a bunch of times. They did all these tests and one, they never talked about my mental health. Mm -hmm. Um, And, you know, any of that connection was like non-existent talk. I now realize I was also dealing with anxiety and probably depression then, but would have never named it that. Um, but finally I've, I have to give this one to my mom as hard as that can be for us to do sometimes because all of these things they were talking about and nothing worked. I just felt like shit when I'd eat 
And mm -hmm. she was like, yeah, I think you're lactose intolerant. Your dad's side of the family is, and no one wants to admit it. Yeah. Um, nah. Um, but I started taking those like lactate pills mm -hmm. to the ones that help you digest dairy when I was still doing, cause I wasn't, I wasn't thinking about like plant-based or veganism at all. I just didn't want to feel like garbage. Um, but once I started taking those, I could have dairy a little bit more. And I was like, oh, it is that. And mm -hmm. I was in college at the time that my first year taking sociology and women's studies classes and finding out that I didn't know what it was yet, but I knew I needed to do something in the world that was like helping others. I was like, there's too much. I feel like garbage. There's too much garbage going on in the world. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, I got to do something, which led me into a whole bunch of like sociology and women's studies and um, gender violence prevention work for years and years. And that was kind of my like mission in life. And it took me a while, a couple of years of realizing that just because you're good at something doesn't mean it's good for you. And I was a really good advocate, but I was just like a sponge soaking up everyone's trauma and I did not have the tools to let it go. And my mental health was just getting worse and worse. I wasn't taking care of myself. I was, you know, it was just bad. It was just bad. It was not sustainable. And I got out, like I kind of started to lean away from that work a little bit. I said, I can't deal with taking lactate pills and still feeling like shit. I think I just need to cut dairy. And then I found out about, you know, like really dove into plant-based diets. Mm -hmm. And then that was the domino effect for like sustainability and mindfulness and everything else. Cause suddenly it became so clear that everything was connected. I was like, oh, trauma is connected to mindfulness, is connected to the earth, is connected to food, is connected to our bodies. And it just like clicked in on such a level that I suddenly realized, like, if I don't take care of myself, I'm not going to make it one. Yeah. And I'm not going to want, and I'm not going to get to do all the things that I want to do to try and help others. So it just became this, this, like, you've got to do something like you've got to take care of your mental health or else, you know, like I wasn't, yeah. I didn't have a plan. I wasn't trying to leave the earth, but I remember having thoughts of being like, well, what if you just, what if I just didn't wake up? Yeah. And as someone who then worked as an advocate, I was having these like dual thoughts where I was like depressed. And then I'd have this voice go, if someone was in your office, like saying that you would be concerned. Yeah. I was like, I think I'm at a concerning level. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, I think, uh, I think I'm a red flag. Um, and getting into therapy changed the game mm -hmm. like really tackling my mental health and like you said seeing it as like I can sit with these things that I don't have to crumble I can have I can get tools I can do all of the things that is why I think I'm able to be here on this podcast and doing coaching and everything else because I'm taking care of my mental health and my own health. It's so corny, but it's like the, you know, put on your oxygen mask first. 
Yeah. It really is. Like I, I think if I wouldn't have done that, I'd be working in a job strung out and burned out and not healthy and probably not doing a very good job at helping others at this point. Yeah, for sure. When you don't even have the energy to take care of yourself, how are you going to Mm -hmm. set along? Which I know some people do it and sometimes people have to do it. um, But you're right. It's not something you can keep up long term. No, it's really not. I tried. (laughs) Yeah, like I'm living proof. (laughs) Yeah, I am telling you it's not possible. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you for sharing that. I did not know that that was the work that you did before. And it makes sense when you said like the human sponge. It's like, oh my God, I know what you mean. Um, Yeah. Yeah. Not taking care of that. I was, I had coping methods that were like then making everything worse too, right? I was eating shitty food that made me feel bad. Not that I don't love ice cream and chocolate and whatever else. I'm still eating all of that. It's vegan. So it doesn't hurt my stomach. Exactly. (laughs) Uh, But like I was doing that. I don't drink alcohol anymore. Um, I do smoke marijuana, which is now public and out there and no one gets to care. uh, It's legal in Minnesota. Um, But, you know, in grad school, I was eating shit food drinking a bottle of wine in the bath Mm -hmm. and then just like going to bed and not that there weren't good times, but I see now how much I was struggling to take care of myself and like what that did. And I look at that person, I'm proud of her for making it through. There is not a judgment, but I just like can see how I'm so much more myself and so much more like a full human because I started taking care of myself more. Yeah. Can you talk about the ways in which therapy has helped you? But there are some people who have just never gone and it sounds so scary. Can you share with us like tools that you've learned or ways that it's helped you in your everyday life? Oh my gosh. I, this is tangential and just like a toot toot my own horn for a second, but I'm publishing a short book of poetry this month oh Uh, i have i have the the proof i can show you sorry everyone who's just listening but what my stepdad painted the cover oh my goodness i'll send you one i would love that it's so cozy thank you thank you yeah and there's there's a poem in there called depression Mm -hmm. and it talks about how when my therapist first said depression I was like I want to fight you yeah (laughs) that is not my issue I'm fine with everybody else I love everybody else getting help and talking about their mental health and I support you boo but like that's not what's happening here I'm just having a bad moment right and so I was resistant to therapy I'd never had it growing up or anything um started three years ago because I or four years ago now, because I was in such a bad place and I didn't know what to do. I was having anxiety attacks. Mm-hmm. I I was just like, I didn't feel in control of my body. And I remember going to the doctor and just having a complete meltdown of like, I'm, I don't know what to, like, I'm at, I don't know what to do. And so they actually brought a therapist in because um, where I live, the therapists work out of the clinic, which is really nice. Um, so that kind of started that journey. And I was like, I'm just going to go, just going to see it's fine. She pissed me off at first. And I'm saying this to be honest, because like in there with like 
sunshine and butterflies, like super ready. You know, I, not that I wasn't being forced in my head. I knew it was right, but I was also not happy about it. <laughs> um, yeah. It's hard. No, it's really hard. It's really hard when you're brought up in a world that's like glorifies independence and that as I am in my eyes, I'm a strong woman who can do anything. And I want people to believe that too. And I thought those two things couldn't be together. Right. And now I'm like, I'm a stronger woman because I go to therapy, but that took me a bit to get there. Um, In terms of like tools and how it actually practically helps. I have a great community of people around me. I have, I am, I'm close with my parents. I have childhood friends I talk to every day. I have friends I've made an adult. Like I have like a beautiful community and that's still not necessarily the right people to be talking to about all of this stuff because, you know, my best friend from when we were eight years old, she knows everything about me, but she's also going to have a pretty defensive opinion about me. And right, for sure. Like she's, I do have people who I think can be honest and we can have good conversations, but it's still different because I know the way I talk and the way I open up is different with my therapist because she doesn't have any of that. And I'm not going to get defensive hearing it from her in the same way I would from my friends and family. If they're like, yo, bro, you're depressed. Yeah. (laughs) You know, that would have really pissed me off from anybody else. Um, And it made me defensive from my therapist, but it's a different relationship. And so just having tools to get through moments that you're going to have to get through. Cause I think sometimes people think like therapy can be helpful in like making everything go away. Mm-hmm. And it's like, no, it's not making anything go away. It's making the things that you are going to have to deal with as a human in this world, based on your trauma, based on your X, Y, Z, you're going to have to deal with things. And so I have learned how not only to like not avoid hard things, but to how to like face them head on. Mm-hmm. And be okay with things being hard. I think you said it at at the beginning of this, um, just being like okay to sit with stuff. Mm-hmm. You know, like learning to be okay to sit with stuff and having someone to guide you through that is the most beautiful thing in the world. Yeah. When I when I need help, I want to go to someone who knows more than me, right? Yes. And and that sometimes is like an ego blow too. Yeah. Uh, but I'm like, she, this woman, she, this is, this is where she went to school for. Yeah. She's like trying to do with her life. So I'm going to trust her to guide me through this. I I've had trauma. I'm a survivor of sexual assault and EMDR therapy, the, the rapid eye movement, the, that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, like that's a tool that I was able to use So I'm not triggered in the same way. Like there are practical things I've done in therapy that make me survive situations. And then there are also just mindset shifting conversations that help me see people differently, that help me see the world differently, that help me be okay with things I can't control. Hello, control issues. (laughs) Like I am saying, oh my gosh. I seriously, so I could ramble on about therapy. I'll, I'll cut myself off off that, but it truly is 
like I've, I've had some friends be like, well, I don't know. Like, is there anything for me to really talk about in therapy? I'm like, oh, I don't know. Are you a human trying to survive 2023? Yeah. That's enough. Yeah. You do not have to have some crazy ass story yeah. like, to go to therapy. You, that's enough. Try right. to survive the day mm-hmm. is enough. To be, uh, yeah, to be a person in this world regardless of if you have the most privilege in the world and the least hardship out of anyone you know it's still hard like to handle human experiences and relationships and cope with things that are much bigger than us and out of our control so thank you for sharing that I think that's going to be so helpful for people and I love that you were just like I was really pissed off I didn't want to hear it um because I think therapy's hard like I know some people love going and it's like, I love the benefits that I get, but it's really hard for me. Um, it feels really taxing. I don't want to go, uh, but I'm glad I do. Yeah. And for people listening who are like, Oh, maybe I want to try to go. Um, it can be expensive yeah. and it's one of those things that can be, but also there are things that you can do. Um, like if you can receive Medicare or Medicaid, for free, um, that can often slash your bill. You can sometimes find therapists online that like just graduated, um, that will do a really small fee, or you can, if you find a therapist you like, you can ask if they can do a sliding scale. Um, so there, there are ways to make it a little bit more accessible. I, I know that like, I think you've had them like sponsor you before, like the online, services or the texting service which is not my thing but I think it does help other people for sure yeah and I like that you identified too I don't know sometimes I think we want everything to be easy Mm -hmm. like we've learned that there's like a silver bullet like there's like a superfood that'll make us healthy physically (laughs) yeah a, a thing that'll do this and it'll be like it'll be easy and I'm like no learning about sustainability might be hard sometimes Going to yeah. therapy, it it might be hard sometimes. That doesn't make it bad. Like that doesn't yeah. mean avoid it just because it's tricky. Right, right. And it's I think some people are like, life is so tricky. I can't add one more thing. But like the topics that we're talking about, I think in the long run make life less tricky and mm-hmm. and take some work up front and then get easier over time, whether it's veganism or um, meditation and mindfulness and things yeah. like that. Yeah, I hope that that people can embrace this more as the holidays come, yes. because it can be a stressful time for all of the reasons that we've said. And also, if you are someone like us, um, you know, like the buying stuff overwhelms me. The people eating animals to celebrate love overwhelms me. The being around so many people overwhelms me there's there's so many things so can you talk a little bit about like other practices that you have that you're going to use coming up besides therapy that maybe are free or that you can do at home and that listeners can do without having to buy anything I actually did a whole series um about this for my local radio station for the last couple years about kind of helping people through the holidays when it's hard because there is a lot of pressure, particularly during holiday seasons, to do things you don't want to do. And sometimes we do things we don't want to do because that's life. And other times we shouldn't, <laughs> right? Yeah. So 
drawing boundaries, if that means, if that means being around people that have been hard for you to be around in the past, you know, oftentimes we're around family and friends from way back when around this time. And that's not always easy depending on how you grew up and what that was like. Drawing boundaries and not feeling bad about them if you can, you know, like do your best to be proud of yourself for taking care of yourself instead of feeling bad, like you're making others feel bad. Mm -hmm. Um, That's a hard, that's a hard line, right? It's, it's a practice, but I think drawing boundaries for what's going to feel best for you to get you through the holiday season can help your mental health a lot. Like, can you not be around uncle Tommy? Like, okay, that might be hard for your mom. But or, you know, like whatever it is, like you can draw that boundary for your mental health. Um, That's just I know that's like a little bit different probably than the question you were asking. But I just I just I think that's a big one. Um, And having a plan, if you are going to have to go to an event or be around people that, you know, like this is going to be stressful. This I'm going I've accepted I'm going, but like this is going to be hard tell a friend, like, I'm going to be here at this time to this time. Are you available at 7.05 to have a conversation? You know, like have something in place so you feel supported if you're going to do something this holiday season that is going to stress you out. That's not maybe harming your mental health, but you know will cause some anxiety. Like, Mm -hmm. do you have that person or those people in your life to lean on, to ask for support? That's something I've gotten better at in the last few years is actually saying like, I need this right now. Yeah. You Again, you give that to me. Um, that's really important. In terms of just like practices for myself, I really, I really encourage people to find a, I think morning, but evening or whatever routine that nourishes you. If it's five minutes, if it's 15 minutes, if you like to dance, if you like to read, if you, I don't know what it is, the thing that brings you joy. My morning routine right now looks like water, gratitude journal, some uh, tapping or some sort of physical practice. And then I've been turning on music like really loudly at, you know, 645 or whatever time it is when I'm ready for this part. And either just like dancing or letting that kind of just like start a good energy day. If you can find something you do consistently that you start to look forward to and that you start to use as your time, like don't underestimate what that can do for your mental health, especially during holiday season when we're all going to start to be more and more stressed. Like that's the time where it feels like you should drop the routine because you're too busy. And don't like, like, don't give up on self-care during times of stress and during holiday season. Cause all of a sudden it's January and you are like this close to breaking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's when you need it most. Yeah. And we, that's the times we let it slip like for sure. Cause right. it feels hard, but there is something so um, rewarding and so worthwhile to continue to try and do in like whatever that looks like for you. It does not have to look like what mine does, but whatever practice you can do, that's just intentionally taking care of you. You know, maybe it's a, a, a slow breakfast. Maybe it's making sure you have at least a good meal before you leave the house, whatever it is 
that you're treating yourself to, like, don't stop doing that ever, (laughs) but especially during the holidays. That's so funny. You were talking about all these things, like, when you're like, I take some time to turn on loud music. I was in my head. I thought turn on loud music and scream. And you were like, dance. And then you said, if you need to take time in the morning, I thought literally thought to scream. Like that should be where my head's at. But also like, if you need that time to do that, like scream into a pillow, do something like that is, that's part of it too. Like whatever comes up. A hundred percent. Whatever comes up. I love shaking meditations and dancing dancing is one of the dancing and singing for me feel like ways that help my body release that are kind of like unmatched Mm -hmm. in in a lot of other ways and so whether you're like dancing to 90s hip-hop and like shaking it and grooving like that's great love that or Mm -hmm. you're like listening to punk and you're just like thrashing around and you're (laughs) screaming into a pillow like just like let your body move I asked my partner to shake me. I'm like, I need shook. <laughs> Please shake me. Like shake my ears and my shoulders yeah. and every like my hips. Like everything needs to be shook. And yeah. it, it helps. It really helps. Yeah. Again, like full circle in this conversation. It's all like kind of a return to things that that are that are more inherent and more primal for us, right? Whether it's sustainable living, whether it's shaking and moving your body to like get out things that don't feel good like those are all really like primal ancient exercises that Mm -hmm. we've lost and Mm -hmm. they're simple and they don't cost any money for you to turn music on and thrash around but I guarantee you you'll feel better yes I love how that came full circle that was absolutely perfect (laughs) put a little bow on that (laughs) yeah I am so glad that you joined me for today's episode. If you want to learn more about the topic that we discussed today, head over to unrulytravel.com. If today's conversation made you laugh or cry or feel seen or inspired in any way, please take just 30 seconds to follow the show and rate and review it wherever you listen to podcasts. Then share this episode with a friend. I'll see you next time. Stay unruly.